Welcome to the Future Forward Podcast, an unusual tech dialogue brought to you by Mazdar City. And I'm Steve Severance, Director of Growth at Mazdar City, a world-class innovation hub and pioneering sustainable urban community in Abu Dhabi. And this episode is going to be a little different because, as you know, usually we've been talking to people around the world and usually I have an amazing, funny, smart co-host with me, Lucy. And today I'm all by myself because today I didn't get in an airplane. Today, I drove down here to the Mobondola Recording Studios, and I'm here with Ahmed Ali Awan, the Deputy CEO of Hub 71. And Hub 71 is uh, dedicated to, it's an Abu Dhabi government initiative dedicated to bringing startups and providing them the support that they need to really thrive right here in Abu Dhabi. And I think everyone knows what the UAE does for the tech ecosystem and for innovation and for business in general in this region. But it's just been reported that uh, the UAE is the largest source of funding for startups and venture capital in the Middle East and North Africa. So, Ahmed, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Great to be here. I think you've seen in the past few years a real sea change in the UAE in general and Abu Dhabi specifically in the way we look at startups and the way we look at innovation, the way we look at business in general, and seeing how in the past, I think, we were happy to have the big companies. And obviously, oil and gas was a part of Abu Dhabi since its economic growth, but also tourism, trade, commerce, and being a regional headquarters here. But why don't you tell us a little bit about the changes that you've seen that are really supporting the innovation and startup culture here? Startup was just you know appreciating how great Abu Dhabi and the UAE is in terms of just the enabling environment for just businesses to set up, right? It's just so easy for any company here to establish and uh, you know grow its business and leverage the UAE and Abu Dhabi as a geoeconomic hub for it to scale and grow. Now comes talking about technology and innovation, right? Um, and identifying different elements, enablers that would support that uh, journey. So when we set out to establish Hub 71 back in 2019, that was the thinking. It's like, well, you know, we already have a lot of great facets that exist out of uh, Abu Dhabi. How can we bring it uh, together? So what we set out to do is get on a mission to position Abu Dhabi as a global tech hub, compete with any tech hub that exists out there, to create an environment that really allows tech companies to grow and scale. What was fundamental and continues to be key to building that uh, technology sector, the innovation sector, and having it contribute to the economic factor of uh, Abu Dhabi and the UAE is the community you're building is having, well, a founder life is, and you've seen this, you've seen this through, you know, different startups, companies you've worked with. It is a tough, it is a tough life. It's a very lonely, uh, it's a very lonely uh, journey that these founders go through. So when you build out this community and you get people who are like-minded, who have the same struggles and just get them to bond, you naturally just form a, a cluster around startups and innovation where people can benefit each other and uh, leverage each other to grow and drive. Then comes a lot of different initiatives that exist through, you know, initiatives like Hub 71, initi- other initiatives that Abu Dhabi uh, bring into life to grow the ecosystem out of here. For those of you who are not familiar, why don't you give us a brief description of Hub 71 and tell us about how many companies that you are actively supporting in Abu Dhabi right now. So Hub 71 is an initiative that's launched in 2019 um, on the back of the government's drive to create a technology ecosystem that supports the growth of uh, startups. It's an initiative managed by Mubadala. Um, hence, my personal journey has been with Mubadala and now continues with uh, Hub 71. 
And our mandate is threefold, is to place Abu Dhabi on the global uh, tech ecosystem map. It's to build and grow globally enduring tech startups out of Abu Dhabi and capture that economic impact for Abu Dhabi. And the way we do that is by having programs and initiatives that support startups from ideation up to scale up and maturity. The way the startups access our programs is uh, through online applications. So they would submit online, we would review them and then down select the companies that would join our programs. And to give you just a sense of numbers, last cohort, we had more than 700 applications and we're going to select um, anywhere between 15 to 20 uh, startups uh, to uh, join uh, our community or our programs. So we've supported as part of our programs over 200 companies through our space. So because we are a tech ecosystem enabler, we bring in a lot of different players that support that ecosystem. So we were WeWork's first entry into the region. And we also worked with Cloud Spaces, who are another co-working space uh, provider managed by Al-Dar uh, to ADGM. And through those initiatives, we are supporting more than 400 companies that have some sort of relationship within uh, technology. So 200, more than 200 startups and the rest are all players that have some sort of vested interest in the tech space. Great. So an ecosystem of more than 400 companies, but 200 specifically. And from what I understand, the ones that actually are down selected are, are selected in there that make that meet your criteria must be very strict criteria. But uh, there's obviously spectacular interest regionally and globally. But you provide up to $130,000 in credits, so office space, marketing support, licensing, uh, accounting, legal support, all the things that startups may find more difficult to access. They're often really great engineers with a great technology idea, but may not know how to put together a business plan and then how to uh, make sure they're set up legally and get the funding for that, that they need to really progress. So you help take that headache out of their way and you support them with that so they can focus on developing their product and developing their markets. Yeah, our value proposition, yes, is backed by an incentive program that offers in-kind contributions uh, with uh, some of the elements you mentioned. could be housing, health insurance, office space. We have um, more than 40 vetted uh, suppliers now that, or providers that now have an offering that contributes to the SME and startup. Uh, seen. So we have indirectly supported forming an, uh, an ecosystem around vendors that are ready to have uh, to support uh, startups as SMEs. But our value proposition really manifests in curated introductions, a curated network that we act as a conduit to through you know the likes of Mubadala, other Abu Dhabi institutions, the DED, that allow us to channel these startups and their innovations to them. And that is the real value. It's how us partnering with you, uh, Steve, and uh, Mustard City, that's huge. So the value proposition, yes, the incentive program helps to support startups from a cost structure perspective, but the real value is in uh, the access you get by putting uh, and growing your business out of uh, Hub 71 and Abu Dhabi. Thank you for the shout out, of course. But no, that you're, you're absolutely right, because we have a program that actually complements yours very well called The Catalyst. We, we do provide office space and, and other support, and we also make direct equity investments in, into The Catalyst uh, companies. But the real value, and this is what I tell all the companies that want to come to Mazdar City, Mazdar City is not going to buy enough of your product for you to come to set up here. But what we will do is provide you an outlet and a, and a platform where you will have that access to those markets, access to the next round of funding, and that's what the value is. So we had events going on right now, like Make It in the Emirates, uh, a real 
focus on getting companies to come here and particularly startups. Uh, and as you know, the startup uh, culture and the VCs love SaaS products. So, okay, because they're so scalable, because you can do with them almost anywhere in the world. You, it, it basically, you can be cloud-based, you can be remote, and you create your product and it scales instantly and fantastic. But a lot of startups are not SaaS. And particularly, uh, I know VCs would love it if every startup was a, SaaS, was a SaaS company. I know we hear this. This is the year of sustainability in the UAE and COP28 is coming later. And so, I mean, I think when we founded Mazdar 17 years ago, and I've been at Mazdar City now for 14 years, but what I've really seen is the UAE come together both around sustainability because when we started, we were the only ones talking about renewable energy, about, about reducing consumption, about recycling, about all the things that go into a sustainable future, about getting to carbon neutrality by 2050. But also, we were one of the few talking about startups and innovation. And we now have companies in the Catalyst that have come out of the original Master Institute labs. So work that professors have started doing 10 years ago are now commercially viable companies, which has been great to see, but the UA ecosystem has grown up around that. And so particularly in light of COP28 coming, can you talk about a couple of clean tech companies that are, that are working at Hub71 that you say, wow, this is a technology that could really be game-changing locally and globally? This is where we get a bit creative as a hub, um, although yes, we are relatively um, young uh, compared to other tech hubs starting in 2019, uh, we've identified a couple of competitive advantages that allows us to um, you know, compete with any of the uh, tech hubs uh, out there. And that's just our ability to move with you know, our key relationships, uh, regulators, corporates, investors who are all ready to contribute to a certain uh, sector. What that does, it creates a testbed for companies to come and set up. So let's say um, on climate tech, we work with a regulator, identify an anchor corporate partner and a few investors, any company now comes and says, well, I want to access the specialized ecosystem. We're calling them Hub 71 Pluses. And we're going to develop something, um, and we are developing something that uh, hopefully we are planning to launch around uh, COP28 in November. We have attracted um, a number of climate tech-focused companies. We have, we have around seven or eight that are focused on that. Uh, a couple of ones that uh, got uh, good traction um, include uh, Arky Reef. What Arky Reef do is that they reconstruct uh, coral reefs for marine bio, to support marine biodiversity, and especially for blue carbon capture. So it's a, a great way to support decarbonization and they've had great traction they set up with us at hub 71 uh, worked with a few uh, abu dhabi entities and continue to build uh, momentum so we're seeing those uh, work well and that's uh, cool especially the fact that our reef isn't particularly SaaS, so it's kind of different yeah, it's, it's hard to develop coral reefs through SaaS. <laughs> it's funny how coral reefs get very physical by the way as a diver i love that you're doing that by the way people don't know it's coming there's, there's actually some really great diving in the UAE. Yeah. I was actually in the water uh, last weekend up in Musandam. Uh, beautiful there. But you see how much the coral reefs are dead. And I think everybody who gets in the water anywhere, uh, it was in COP27 in Sharm el-Sheikh and went diving there. And then you see bits of coral reef that are truly alive. And as, a, as being down in there and looking at that and seeing that and seeing what we as humans have done to that and done to the coral reefs globally, what a terrible impact that's been to, to see a company here in Abu Dhabi focused on revitalizing coral reefs. And obviously, they're not the only ones. That's a, there are a lot of companies around the world working on that. But to see one here and, and working hopefully on, on the coral reefs right here off the coast of Fujairah and Oman, right, right here where we live. 
Do you feel the air is different around those venues? Is it cleaner air? Do you feel it's fresher? Just perception. And it's just well, curious. I, I, look, I always feel the air is a bit cleaner when you're at the ocean. That doesn't happen in a dead space. That happens yeah, with yeah, life. No, it doesn't. I wanted to compare because I, I do like the sea too, but um, most of the locations I've been exposed to are by resorts and stuff. So and I, you feel it's more of the same, but I do feel genuinely uh, when you go to you know such resorts and places where you know there's a lot of biodiversity, it's just a significant uh, difference. So uh, it's it's uh, amazing for us to be supporting an initiative like uh, Archeribs. And you're right in saying that you do see how us as humans have contributed, unfortunately, to some of these ecosystems. So we, we uh, as, a, you know, as a hub um, and as a uh, emirate, it's great for us to contribute to restoring some of that where we can. But moving on, maybe to, uh, more to SaaS because... A little, sh- a little shout out for the venture capitalists. We can't, we can't completely ignore the next round of funding because that's also been one of, the, uh, one of the difficulties in startups here, I think, is traditionally there's been you know, a lot of family offices here, uh, uh, some government investment, and they come here from around the region because of the ease of doing business that's been going on for years. Also because the, uh, you know, having no no tax rates, uh, the free zones where it's very easy to set up in, including Maslar City, shameless plug for Maslar City. But that that funding gap has, has always been an issue, particularly here in ways that maybe more mature ecosystems address that funding gap a little more. Uh, they've been doing it for longer. But I think things that like with you bringing in Hub 71 and providing access, that there is that funding gap issue. I'm not going to say it's resolved here because I wouldn't say it's resolved anywhere in the world, but it's definitely being addressed and it's, and, and it's being mitigated in a way that it, w- it was not 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, SAS is, well, I'll give you an anecdote. Yesterday I met an international fund came, set up, uh, told us about their strategies, thinking what we're doing in uh, Europe and how they're focused on deep tech and now raising like a billion dollar uh, fund that's kind of fully focused on growth around that space. And they're like, yeah, we want to access the MENA region as well. And we've allocated a million dollar fund. But um, um, Ahmed, we'll be honest, we're not going to look at deep tech. We're going to be looking at SaaS. And, and I understand. And my reaction was they didn't have to explain it to me. I got it. It's not because, yes, it's a great theme that gets a lot of traction. It's also because the infrastructure here allows you to get more into SaaS. And we need to kind of grow a stronger journey that allows one university's educational systems to invest more in deep tech type uh, initiatives through um, a journey that ultimately allows companies that get into deep tech to monetize, right? That doesn't exist now. And part of my ambition and for Hub 71 is to able to elevate a lot of what we do throughout this uh, um, uh, innovation journey to allow uh, for deep tech to proliferate. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, it's a marathon, and a, not a sprint, but you do need to address the capital ecosystem here. And now what's interesting is that there is a lot of, uh, thankfully, abundance of capital in this uh, region. Not enough of it flows internally. If it does, it tends to go through traditional asset classes. And I'm not talking about institutional investors, obviously. I'm talking about more kind of the quote-unquote retail investors, from angels to more VC um, investors. And the family offices are pretty um, uh, interesting. And we did launch as Hub71 an initiative called Tech Berza last year. And it's an exclusive club bringing family offices in the region and to, to showcase to them the opportunities here, but also offer them a specialized concierge uh, service because we do want to understand their agendas. And what we've noticed with family offices particularly is two things, is either there are family offices that know the tech sector very well and tend to invest internationally because if I know the space, I'm just going to you know look at where there has been a longer track record. 
or ones that don't know the space enough. So the money pours into more traditional asset classes, real estate, uh, more traditional businesses, et cetera. So this is the journey we're going through. And this is, as when we think about this Hub 71, I'm very passionate about this uh, as well on the capital ecosystem. It is identifying the different initiatives and enabling programs that will allow us to unlock capital for every stage of the journey. What we've seen VCs getting into, yes, SaaS, but also more Series B to C. This is the kind of sweet spot for predominant, uh, predominantly for the VCs. Early stage, you mentioned angel investors, very important. Family offices, by the way, can come at any stage of the journey. But angel networks, just um, that culture of investing small 25K dollar uh, tickets into uh, startups does exist, but there's like maybe two or three really prominent angel networks. So what we're trying to do is we don't need to kind of just as a um, hub keep investing uh, um, in the startups. No, it's creating just a journey where it's very seamless for anyone who's willing to get in. And once we are able to create that path, you're going to see a lot more capital uh, pouring in. And that's the mission uh, That's the mission we're on. Well, I see a lot of, uh, particularly in the family offices here, a lot of the second generation coming along and saying, oh, great, we've got a, we, we've done real estate. Look, I appreciate real estate as an asset class. I invest in real estate. And it, it, so I can't fault that. But people, the, the young generation comes along and says, hey, look, I use technology. I see technology. I want to be, I want to make sure we're investing in technology and helping to create that future. So I see a lot of that. But I want to get back to some of the, the tech companies yeah. because that's, you know, a lot of our, our audience really is excited about not just the ecosystem. Uh, to most of our YouTube viewers, they're, they're uninterested in capital allocation and, and the funding drop. They want to hear about what technologies are coming out. So you mentioned a couple. Well, I'm going to give you a chance for, for one or two more now if you have another yeah. example of things that you'd say, okay, this is a really cool company that's, that's doing th- fun things here in Abu Dhabi. We support all uh, companies that come through Hub 71. That's the thing. What we like to say is that we give these companies the opportunities to help uh, themselves. There are companies that have received um, or have gotten more traction. And naturally, as a hub, we're focusing a bit more of our efforts to support those because we have uh, our internal targets of making sure we're building uh, and keep supporting companies that continue to show traction across revenue and funding. Um, but just on kind of a couple of, uh, maybe on the climate tech uh, theme, um, we have a, co- a great company called um, um, the Green Future Project and what we've, uh, what they've done on the SaaS team as well, is that they've simply created a platform. Not simply, obviously, there's a lot of work that went into that, but it's a, effectively a matching platform, right? When in a, it could be companies, could be individuals that are looking for projects within a climate tech across the world, you know, for their own ESG targets. Um, uh, the platform allows them to map those, identify them, work with them, and just integrate. So it's a full, uh, full, uh, full-on offering that. Uh, supports that journey. Um, and that is getting a lot of traction because now people are identifying the importance of working with, uh, you know, for ESG mandates, more cross-cutting impact themes, um, and having a platform like that just makes it a lot uh, easier. What organizations tend to do is like, okay, let's just build something from the ground up and you just can't, and, and <laughs> what sometimes happens is people just kind of, or companies just end up doing the same thing, and it just becomes a, a you know fragmented effort. I think that's really important. I mean, especially um, as companies here in this region and globally, really, are seeing the importance of sustainability. People often ask me at Mazda, see, well, hey, there's this big new sustainable project. Is, is, is this a competitor of yours? Is it a threat to yours? I'm like, no, it's a validation that if we were still 15 years later, the only company talking about sustainability, then we would have failed. If we're going to get to carbon neutrality by 2050, 
not just of our energy systems, but of our food systems, our industrial output, that we need every company to be a sustainability company. We need every country to be a sustainability country. That this is not something, it's been great to see the UAE especially take a leadership position regionally. Regionally, I mean, I always have to give a shout out to the Scandinavians. Companies come to, to Mazdaer City and say, we want to be more sustainable. How can we be more sustainable? So to have a Hub 71 company that can support them in this, to me, is a, a fantastic initiative. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, it's an important team. And uh, you're very right in saying you know, how Mustar has been at the forefront of across these initiatives, even back where the price points of some of the technologies just weren't that uh, feasible. I remember that. I was like, an, uh, obviously, a couple of levels removed just working through and with Mubadala, but just looking at some of the documents, like, and it got there, right? And got there like within five years and it's like phenomenal like now all of the technology solar for example right uh, there was a point in time where it wasn't feasible at all and people were like well it's just a lot of investment of capex to get into it to today we're like you have solar panels just uh, at every um uh, at every block effectively uh, here so it's phenomenal what could happen if you just have a vision and just keep uh, going we're seeing it uh, happen now sustainability is important what organizations are going through is this whole justification or how do I make it make sense for my PNL this can happen especially when you're into tech it's just effectively what you're doing is there's a problem and we're gonna solve it that's innovation you're not gonna try to squeeze it in you're not trying to overlay just this oh now I have to do with, like I have these ESG standards that I have to adopt that's not gonna happen the culture needs to exist it's like this is how we're thinking and now any innovation that comes up, any startup that is coming about, just it's automatic to how they uh, think about their business. Yeah, absolutely. Sustainability has gone in, uh, in, in the companies I'm talking to from, this is a cost, I can't afford it, to this is a business opportunity, I have to do it. It's been a real sea change in there. And part of it is exactly right, is you need the right regulatory environment. You need leadership. And whether that is from the government, from the companies, or bottom up from the people saying, we, we want this. But yes, if you were on the investment committee for our first 10 megawatts of solar in Mazdaer City, that was not financially feasible in any way. But the Abu Dhabi government supported it and put a stake in the ground and said, we want the largest renewable energy installation regionally. And when you look at what we're doing now, it's small. Like it's, it's, almost, it's crazy to talk about how it was 14 years ago and it was 10 megawatts and it was the most expensive energy on earth. And now we're doing two gigawatts, so 200 times the output at 1.35 cents, cheapest energy on earth, less than 15 years, less than 15 years from the world's most expensive energy to the world's cheapest. Done in Abu Dhabi. I think that's what would shock people, that that's a solar revolution that's been led from Abu Dhabi. By the way, you're seeing a lot of opportunities for startups in the automotive industry. Think of the two most significant electric vehicle companies. Didn't exist 20 years ago. Tesla, which is the one everyone's heard about, but also BYD, the Chinese company, which was a battery company. And there, BYD sells more electric vehicles than any other company on earth. Tesla is worth more than any other vehicle company on earth. These are companies that did not make cars, but you're seeing all sorts of startups putting the technology in there, the supply chain, EV charging situations. You're, the technology has been crazy with that. And if you include their own autonomous driving, then you definitely look at companies that were not in the automotive space. Uh, years ago, and Master Cities brought two of those out. We're, we're, we're actively we're, we're working on a, a third level of technology, uh, but between the apps that that manage your your manage your life, between the ride sharing, to move to uh, and one obviously one of the big unicorns here in the UAE uh, was was ride hailing. And so there are opportunities for startups. 
We've got a company at Mazda City now that is working on all of the delivery scooters and making those electric. But I think the start is the way most companies look at this. Okay, first I bring the technology in, I adapt the technology here, and then I grow that. They were with us at Abu Dhabi Sustainability by the week. They were called Mars Solutions, so bringing uh, electric scooters to delivery. And they're using a swappable battery, so it takes care of the range anxiety. You pull into a station, boom, swap the battery, stick a new one in. Uh, additionally, they're looking at safety of the drivers. So helmets that are directly connected to the authorities and also helmets that help the drivers avoid fines. They, they need to go as fast as they can to get there so your food gets there hot, but also they need to avoid fines because fines can significantly, if you're driving 10, 12 hours, you know, 10 hours a day or whatever, fines can significantly cut into your monthly, uh, monthly income. So they're looking at systems that let them know, hey, you're speeding. Hey, that light's coming up. Hey, be, care be careful here. Uh, so keeping them safer, making them more money, and also cleaning up the environment, so taking the internal combustion engines and off the road. It's either integration of different platforms that allow you to manage the logistics of your journey way better, or all the data you collect about where are you kind of delivering and what are you doing. Um, just on that theme, maybe it's a slight tangent, but like on on the delivery per se, I've I've kind of come across companies internationally that like have uh, fully autonomous like small robots that now deliver from destination to destination. So there's no human intervention whatsoever. I think it's a in certain jurisdictions where perhaps the residential areas allow for that, but you're also moving in that direction. I think we're going to move from a direction where almost all deliveries are done, whether it's done with drones or whether it's done with the little robots or done with the slightly larger vehicles. We're learning, we're moving toward an environment where last mile is autonomous. And I think that there's that provides tremendous potential for startups because technology is not there yet. And we need that ecosystem of support I mean, I have to let them know to the startups out there that have been waiting to hear this. When is the next round of applications for Hub 71? It's open. Our applications never uh, stop. When will we be announcing the next round of winners? This should happen this month. So we already have selected the startups for, from our last uh, selection round. So we doubled our applications. So we have 1,500 applications now. What we'd like to do is, because, listen, some of these applications, yes, they come, they want to explore what's Hub 71. But, but like I'd say a third of them are real companies uh, that want to grow and scale out of Abu Dhabi. And what I keep talking to the team about, and because ultimately Hub 71, the ecosystem is important and will continue to be, but we are a startup in ourselves. So we think about what we offer as a product. So we keep thinking about, well, we have a product and we have an objective of bringing a lot more value and these opportunities to Abu Dhabi, how we can make sure we capture more of that. So we keep going as a team of this. So hopefully next year we'll have something that allows us to capture more of these opportunities. But to answer your question, so uh, we should be announcing uh, this month the ones we select and then we're going through the selection journey again probably around September, October, where we're going to also announce the next batch. But in the meantime, this is what I'm telling them. Yes, we have programs. I tell all companies, yes, we have programs and offerings that support startups, but Hub 71 is a communal space. It's about entrepreneurship. You come, you brainstorm, you think about um, uh, your company. And it's not only about selling meetings, et cetera. It's actually just the organic meetings that have, we've set up uh, the space in a way that allows you just to naturally interact with different players in the ecosystem, or we have events um, or activations all the time. So um, we do encourage people who are interested in uh, setting up and to growing the business to spend as much time as they can out of Hub 71, including you, Steve. Love to, would love to see you more. I saw that your team uh, yesterday. Down at Making in the Emirates, though, we were judging a, a clean tech startup competition there. And I think we'd say the same thing as managing Catalyst for five years. When we started, we were looking for clean tech startups that wanted to be part of the UAE. 
we were actively out there looking and going, hey, please, please, please come. Now we're inundated. Now we have this number of, of startups coming in the clean tech field that we now actually we're, we're much more selective. We're not quite at 1,500, uh, you know, in, in a round like you, but we're seeing so much more startup activity, innovation activity in the clean tech sector, in the UAE, in, in Abu Dhabi here, that it's been such a sea change for us and, and so exciting for us to see, so exciting for us to be out there funding companies. We're, we're going to be uh, announcing our next round too. We've looked at the companies we've invested in and we'll be, we'll be actively uh, going through another round of funding too for, for a new batch of companies. And hopefully some of those will be some Hub 71 companies. That's, if you think about why we doubled, it's because of like stuff we've done together. Um, so with Mustard, so a good a good part of them. I'll give you the exact numbers now when I get them. I haven't dissected the sector split of the 1,500 applications. Um, but I bet you like a good part of them are going to be climate tech uh, and sustainability focused. Thank you, Ahmed. And thank you for what you're doing in general in the ecosystem of Madabi and, uh, and our partnerships together. These kind of conversations. Uh, driving this and being part of what's going on with climate change and being able to mitigate that and see that coming from the UAE has been so uh, such an amazing journey. Thank you, Steve. It was an honor and pleasure to be uh, here with you. Find us here, the Future Forward podcast brought to you by Mazdar City. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers, tell people you meet on the street. Come find us. Come find us.